Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Mary! Hi! Oh man, I have so many stories. How many stories do you have? Do you have enough for a whole podcast? I turn into a car in all these stories. So let's get started. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see now, you. I have to say, I spent hours after I watched this episode trying to work out all the mini- millions of pop culture references, and I have failed terribly on oh most gosh. of us. So I'm really looking forward to, and please, if you are a Bluey fan out there who has seen stories and you know of some of these uh, pop culture references, particularly with Winton. Can uh, you- if you regularly cry rainbow tears, we want to know <laughs> I was looking at My Little Pony. I was looking at Rainbow. Uh, Who is crying these rainbow tears in the 80s? And I couldn't uh, work out. See, to me, with yeah, like it's so hard to tell now because also I feel like that I think of He-Man when I think of that, but I'm I'm thinking Mm. of a meme of He-Man, not the original He-Man, where, you know, now He-Man is a, a kind of, icon meme um yeah I like it seems like he would cry rainbow tears but actually thinking back to you know fighting Skeletor that seems less likely like yeah <laughs> anyway yeah I thought it was my little pony the and then yeah and mm. then like I typed in superheroes crying rainbow tears into Google and it came up with like some Japanese anime character and I was like oh god this could be a whole extra wormhole that I have no yeah. expertise in whatsoever <laughs> So I'm really hoping that, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few Winton well, moments that we might just put it to a vote. What's the reference? Okay, yeah, yep, sounds good. Well, it, it's also hard because there was so much content made that just hasn't made it to the internet as well. Like, okay, very <laughs> yes. quick diversion because when we interviewed Joe Brum, creator of Bluey, he was talking about how the episode Puppets, he was inspired by the end of Astro Boy and like the uh, a run cycle yeah. being drawn. And I've tried to find a video of that, and I haven't been able to. And perhaps I'm using the wrong words, or perhaps someone can also send us that. But hmm. yeah, I, I think a lot of uh, animated pop culture exists in people's heads, and hmm. possibly not anywhere on the internet. Or perhaps it does, and I just don't even know what I'm talking about. Is this trip boy even on a streaming service? I don't even know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. I I'm sure it's been that. remade. Like we've been watching remade Inspector Gadget, and uh, who's the mouse? Danger Mouse, and it's oh. all terrible. <laughs> so I don't want to go there with Astro Boy. Uh, but going back to the original would be good. It would be, yeah. Mm. Like that was my childhood, you know, like that's definitely cities of gold, Astro Boy. Yeah, the best. Yeah. One day, Indy's class were making animals out of beeswax. 
Um, and this episode is great, I have to say. I really loved it. And it, it's probably a little bit offbeat. It's stories? Yeah, we have said stories several <laughs> times. Don't worry. We're, we're good. Right. Um, so it's, Calypso, it's a Calypso episode. We are back at school. We are making animals out of beeswax. Have you ever made yes. animals out of beeswax? No. This, yeah. I feel like this is Montessori the solution thing? to well, I feel like it's a solution to my Play-Doh nightmares. Like I'm, I made a fresh batch of Play-Doh uh, for the boys this morning uh, before I started work. I don't know what overtook me. It was yeah. just wild. And then I came out at exactly 10.30 and um, there were shreds of Play-Doh covering the entire kitchen. And I was just like, why? Why did I have to pretend to be Benita from Play School? I love Benita from Play School, but yeah, I am okay. not her. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Um, but beeswax, is, I feel like it wouldn't crumble. You know, very uh, hard to roll. Yeah, also very hard to remove from surfaces. I will give oh. you the heads up uh, because okay. we have bees now in our backyard. Oh, yeah, uh, that has meant you know some beeswax has come into the house to play with and explore, and yeah, oh. get very kind of molded onto things and you almost kind of need a chisel to get it off the table. So everything has a downside. We should just let children play with mud outside and then hose them down (laughs) before they come in, I think. So you're more pizza girls than stories? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Winton, I feel, sets the tone very early when he is making boogers out of his uh, beeswax rather yeah. than an animal. The terriers were making piranhas. <laughs> Bluey was making a whale. Winton was... A two! Ah! Booger! Ew! <laughs> well, Winton was Winton. Mm. Mm. Yeah, look, you know, it's... <laughs> He's making something. It's still creative. Uh, Yeah, there's definitely a tone being set. You're right. And then there's a tone being set also. Is this the first fully narrated episode? Uh, Because I'm loving Calypso as narrator. I just like an instant calm came over me as I realised, oh, like I'm just going to be hearing Calypso's voice this whole episode. And we don't, but it was a very nice start to the episode. <laughs> yeah, Megan Washington, I, yeah, I agree with you. Like she should narrate audiobooks or something. I could oh, just have my for life. a very long time. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. She was telling stories about us, so I'd be concerned. Um, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so uh, last week we spoke about the background artists and I would immediately like to shout out to them again because – um, last week it was the walls that we were talking about being all the different yeah. tones and, and then how that transitioned. And, I mean, this classroom view that they have created for this is absolutely like from the Pinterest of my dreams. It is, Ooh. you know, there are branch branches wrapped with garlands of flowers over the table. There are views of the mountains. You can even see the detail of the flowers just outside the window and things. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the level of it's thought is exquisite. Yeah. Um, and it's an indie story. And Indy, the hero of this story, was making a horse. She worked at it very hard. We haven't really seen Indy. I was actually going through um, the season two spread and she really doesn't feature in season two. Like season one, MVP, she was in like Calypso, markets mums and dads early baby yeah Um, you know like she had real starring roles and then season two we saw her fleetingly in helicopter 
and she Good was playing point. dominoes yep. in handstand, and that was it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Still very on brand, I felt, in Helicopter that she was saving all the kangaroos. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. It was a very short cameo, though. Season two was really all about Chloe. So, um, glad yeah. we're seeing a bit of Indy in our life. And <laughs> Chloe gets a very on brand uh, walk on in this episode <laughs> as well. Indy's horse looked like a cow. Nice cow, Indy. It's not a cow, it's a horse. No, that's a cow. She gets one line and it just instantly made me think. So uh, there's debate about whether what Indy's made is a horse or a cow. Mm. And Chloe's just like, no, that's a cow. And it just made me think of her dad instantly. Yeah. (laughs) Just apples, trees, Dalmatians. Um, Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, It said a lot with very little. Yeah, completely right. It was it was brutal in in its simplicity and <laughs> but just its honest. Yeah, yeah, it does trigger the downward spiral in poor Indy, who maybe not so matter of fact. Like, what do we know about Indy? She's like hippie girl uh, with a heart of gold. Is that? I think that's fair. You know, she likes a bit of rainbow in her life. She seems quite practical given her mum runs a, looks like a vegan cake stall at markets. Yes. Um, uh, loves ponies. Um, yeah. 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 Knows how to look after an early baby. And yeah. She does. That yeah, is so important. Yeah. And um, I thought it was really interesting, actually, how they framed it so early. Like, Indy, the hero of this story. So I love that, you know, like she she was really framed early on as being yeah, the hero. True, actually. Indy was very upset. She was so upset when her teacher came to see if she was all right. Indy said, I don't want to make animals out of beeswax ever again. Yeah, it, it's just, it's, you can do so much with a narrator. It Like, mm. you know, when we cho- spoke to Joe, he's like, he's just trying to do something different every episode. And I love that they've introduced this because it doesn't happen that much in kids' shows anymore. It's all, you know. What's the formula? Action, action, yeah. action and, um, and yeah, and very formulaic. But I feel like as a kid I watched lots of shows with narrators um, Winnie the Pooh uh, mm. being a big one, the kind of early, well, not early, the when we were kids Disney animation. Um, it's a good shortcut for just getting kids across the story and it works really well here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, and you'd accept anything Calypso told you as well. So it's like, <laughs> hey, why is Indy the hero of this story? No, Calypso said it. Indy is the hero she- of this story. <laughs> she is. Um I going around that table and then Coco saying, Winton, why can't you just be good? And because I'm not good. And it was probably at that <sighs> moment that I really understood why this episode had been called Stories. Mm. Um, I don't, you've probably done this Google rabbit hole too, Mare, but um, the quote um, is from Joan Didion, who is a 1960s and 70s Vogue um writer uh, mm-hmm. she sort of explores counterculture in Hollywood and yep. the quote is we are the stories we tell ourselves oh um, yeah yeah and that to me just sort of that moment was like oh you know Winton's telling himself the story that he he's not good and mm. this is why he's acting like that and now Indy is telling herself because my horse 
looks like a cow. And why do you think that is? Because... And then Indy said something very sad. I'm not very good. Because I'm not good. And, and yeah. how many dreams do you think are scuppered when in as a child someone tells you you're no good at something? See, yeah, that's that kind of is where that kind of like putting like I love the Joan Didion line, you know, it's something every adult should reflect on. Mm. But, yeah, the stories we tell about ourselves often come so directly from the stories we're told about ourselves when we're kids Mm. and it's so crushing to just do the maths on that and you know now that we've both got preppies as well like it just seems the takes that um I'm seeing Bond come home with of well oh this person you know had to go to the principal's office because they weren't being good I'm like hang on like is that is that actually the conversations that are still happening in classrooms and you know I'm sure it is because it's a pretty standard kind of shorthand but to see it played out in a bluey classroom and then and then up against you know where Indy takes that yeah Mm. heartbreaking oh yeah um have you ever read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert no it's a book about creativity yeah yeah, she is. Yeah. Okay. And she wrote, as one of her many follow-up books, um, a book called Big Magic, which is about exploring creativity. Okay. And so many um, times she was sort of going through, like, all this anecdotal data mm-hmm. that, you know, um, people's creativity is snuffed out in childhood and then they have this script for the rest of their life that they're not a creative person or that they can't sing or they can't do anything you know, all these different things because, yeah, exactly what you're saying. They were told as a child and then that became the story that they told themselves about what they were and weren't capable of. And then you have your rebels who were told that they can't do something and then they go and do it anyway. But, yeah, (laughs) they're few and far between. Look, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, if if only we knew which which switch to push on which people, (laughs) um, you know, the – the world will be a much more creative, productive place. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably safer to err on the side of just not telling people they're not good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that's why, you know, people stick with those scripts, right, because it's safe. You know, they feel Mm. that even though it might not feel true to who they are, it feels sort of safe. And even when, like, indie... And Calypso then, like, you know, and then Indy said, I'm not very good. And then Calypso is like, so rather than work at it, Indy never made anything out of Beeswax ever again. And, like, she protests at the start, like, what? Why? Because she told herself she wasn't very good. Oh, yeah, I did. And it's true. I'm not. The end. But then she was kind of like, oh, yeah, because I told herself yeah. I wasn't very good. And she accepts yeah. it. So, it's defeat, like, yeah, just instant yeah. defeatism. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that sort of upward inflection of, like, Calypso, like, the end. Uh. <laughs> like, is that it? It leaves it open, though, doesn't it? Because rather than it being a full stop, it's a question mark. So it's asking yeah. Indy to respond yeah. to that. How clever. Yeah, um, I watched this one with the boys and they were very much, what? (laughs) 
which which hopefully was the response of every kid watching this. And obviously I think they were more protesting. It can't be over already. I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to uh, finish watching TV yet. But also um, not ready to let Indy give up. Um, Mm. But, yeah, such a such a fun way to then deal with it, you know, getting into some big themes and big emotions mm-hmm. where that that part leaves off. But then, um, you know, a straight flip into comedy as the titles start rolling. Oh, my God. All right, so we need to divert and I have written down all of the names that they came <laughs> oh, wow. up with. Amazing. So, so if you have not paid attention to this middle title sequence, which, uh, to be honest, I don't think I'd given it much thought until uh, I picked one weird-looking name and then I was like, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> hang, hang on. on. So the first two slides are, in inverted commas, normal. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but then we see the animator's slide and um, do you want me to go through some of these names, oh, yeah, Mary? Yeah, love it. We've got, we've got Annie Mater, we've got NB Tweener, we've got Daily Grind, Beck Ground, Thory Board, uh, Renders, Film Mode, Design, Intern, uh, Filmmaker, Brocken Riggs, um, Editor, Rick Some of them, I must admit, like, obviously – like the 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 vibe is all roles within you know yeah. an animation Wyatt studio. Yeah. I don't get them all. Like, <laughs> I need someone <laughs> no, to sit me down and explain them. I know. I mean, edit editor is fine, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what Brocken Riggs is all about. I'm sure like someone in animation is going. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so obvious. Why would you not know that? But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Daily Grind. I think you know that's that. most jobs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And design, uh, design, uh, film mode, renders, and storyboard rather than storyboard. Yeah. Um, and then the next page is um, dogs. That yeah, this is my preferred in. page, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got um, Beau de Collie, uh, Goldie Trever, uh, mm-hmm. D. Oberman, um, Cattle Doug, uh, yep. Rot Wheeler, Greyhounder, Samoid. Uh, Jermaine Shepherd, B Gully, <laughs> Long Dog, yeah, <laughs> hidden in the credits, Lonnie G Dog, um, Dax Hund, S Bernie. I'm guessing that's like a Saint Bernard. Saint Bernard. Um, that's what it took yeah. away. Dalmatian and Jackie Russell. So um, uh, I loved that. So love clever. It. Yeah. yeah um, just, just fun. Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder. A little if, Easter egg. You know, obviously, usually uh, real people's names would go there. I did wonder if everyone sort of got to pick their dog, uh, like <laughs> phone name um, or pun name. Um, but yeah, yeah. Obviously, someone had a lot of fun with that, and at the same time, okay, you know, obviously, it's only going to be the uh, the well over uh, two to six age group who's taking all that in. But for the two to six age group, Winton is just there, oh. just smashing stuff. And that is, <laughs> yeah, perfect as well. And do you remember how wild the internet went when there were some stills released from previews of like the of, season three of, next job? And Winton was jacked. <laughs> we're like, what's going on with Winton? He, he looked like Mr. Universe. And um, yeah, yeah. And, and the next little bit explains it because he asks Cindy to. Well, um, 
Indy sort of says about how she doesn't really like it and um, and Calypso invites her to tell a different story and Winton says, yeah, and make me really muscly. So, you know, like, good. it's perfect. I don't like how Indy gives up. Well, why don't you tell a different story? Yeah, and make me really muscly, please. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and I love that as they're coming to that solution that we're going to we're going to flip the narrative here like Winton is actually physically smashing letters as well like mm-hmm. it reminded me of like I already mentioned you know the narrator in Winnie the Pooh but there's one episode where Tigger bounds all the way up to the top of a tree and then it doesn't know how to get down and he has a conversation with the narrator about oh. the narrator can tip the book and he slides back down the words on oh, the wow. page. And, yeah, the idea that the character can um, interact with the actual words of the story or the words of the, the final credits is so, like, that blew my mind as a kid. And I love that, yeah, the, the current generation of kids is getting that now and going, oh, yeah, like, you you know. You can flip anything, like you can play with things here. So it's just so playful, which, yeah, it's pretty pretty on brand for Bluey, actually. So where to from here? So Indy and Winton are trying mm-hmm. to work out what to do. And um, I'm loving Winton's little, like, pep peck pops that he's doing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that was very Arnie, like, Mr. Universe days, don't you think? Or were you more Terry Crews or The Rock? Uh, like? Yeah, I must admit I don't have a lot of uh, Arnie references <laughs> uh, to to draw upon there, but definitely Terry Crews in um, we've talked a lot about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I feel. Yeah, but uh, I'm happy to talk more about it. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so yeah loving loving Winton loving himself sick Um, you know why wouldn't you Winton sorry well I still say you're good at things was Indy gonna believe Winton yes hooray (laughs) Um, yeah uh, and I think this little bit is so perfect how he sort of says, you know, like initially looks at Indy's creation and just like, oh, it's not a horse. And he just says, moo. <laughs> like, so it wants to be so helpful, but, you but know, just smashing like that down. how to be helpful, it's it's a battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but he's still reassuring, you know, and Calypso gives him that grace as well, you know. So, mm. you know, I still say you're good at things, um, even though he is a little bit of a pickle. And then, yeah, and when Indy asks for his help, um, there was another fantastic 80s pop reference I picked up on here, which was um, yeah, um, uh, Michael J. Fox in uh, Back to the Future. So okay. when he pulls out that electric red guitar, it is an exact homage of um, when he's playing Johnny Be Good at the end of the disco and he's got it pressed up to his yeah. face. Can you help me, Winton? Okay. I told you Winton had a kind heart. So Winton and Indy tried to figure out what was wrong with Cowhorse. Um, oh, so good. If you We watched the sequence actually when I was comparing it and um, the electric guitar looks exactly the same shade of red. It's so similar. So um, that's a really great 80s, uh, 80s, awesome. 90s. 
nod. Oh, no, that's you know. definitely 80s, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, never tell. I'm just old now. So I've I've had so many moments in like I'd say the last month where I'm just like, oh, I'm old now. <laughs> like, I'm old. like, yeah, I'm just so conditioned to feel like the eighties was twenty years ago. I know. <laughs> I just ignored it in the last twenty years. I don't know why. Forty years. Oh my god. Uh, um. Anyway, so that was great. And then they go over to the bookshelf. Now this is where I'm hoping that the yeah. people, the good people of the internet, can come to our aid because. Okay. Um, when Winton sort of gets up and floats across, he's sort of got his arms extended almost like, is this, yeah. is this Jetsons? Is this a, um, it's like a, a Star bit, Wars thing? Um, is it- I'm sure it's many things, but to me it was um, Eva from Wally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I, you know, I, I don't know why he would be Eva from Wally, but yeah, that was definitely kind of her <laughs> her way of moving around. Um, because it's totally robotic awesome. and square almost, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. I know. We should find a picture of a cow and look at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm liking this story. Me too. I am aware this is a recording medium and I'm sort of picking my shoulders up and dropping them down the other end of the screen right now. Just uh, everyone, yeah, you are a robot to behold, Kate McCartney. Because I was sort of like, um, is this General Zod from the original Supermans as well? Like, you know, when he's sort of of floats around as well. Mm. So, yeah, everything is just everything's a rip of everything, isn't it? Like you say that and I'm like, oh, that guy from uh, Toy Story, like who's the bad guy in Toy Story? Oh, General. Um, it's, it's something very yeah, yeah. similar to General Zod. General, um, General Zod, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that doesn't matter. Um, everyone knows who he is. Uh, <laughs> no, people don't. Hold on, Toy what? Story baddie. Uh, Bond could tell me. Should I wake him up? No, please <laughs> do not. It's at night here. <laughs> Why? Emperor oh. Zerg. Zerg, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, he kind of hovers. I never realised that he was a rip-off of Superman before this moment. <laughs> I, I know, know. Emperor yeah, Zerg. Who can possibly? There's just there's too much <laughs> pop culture out there. It's it's impossible. <sighs> just cut it off here, except for Bluey, obviously. Yeah. Cinderella, no. For little peeps. Oh, Winton. Oh, my God. He's got a cow, doesn't he? So they're um, at the bookshelf and going through and um, looking at the pictures of the different animals on Old MacDonald's farm to really, mm-hmm. you know, have a look and try and work out what the problem yeah. is our horse is. And for me, actually, this prompted probably one of the um, the Bre- the Brené Brown moment of the episode for me, which mm-hmm. was – um, when Indy is trying to concede to Winton that maybe her horse should just be a cow. That's very strange. Winton, why would old MacDonald have a horse? Winton, maybe it ran away. Winton! Yes? Why don't I just say my horse is a cow? But it's not a cow, it's a horse. And um, and then he replies, no, Indy, it's a horse and it will be, you know, like yeah. I just, you know, yeah, like, just it's not face. a cow, it's a horse. It's like the emperor's new clothes moment, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, uh, you know, for me actually, I don't know why, it was making me think of um, 
I don't know, people who don't feel free to be the people that they actually are. Yeah. And, and like, you know, they're hiding that away from the world by pretending yeah. to be something it's, it's that a, they're not. It's a conform or, you know, conform yeah. or stand out kind of thing. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Rather than growing into the person that you're meant to be, you kind of put yourself in a box to sort of be like, well, I look a bit like this, so that's where I'll stay. I know, but it's not a very good horse, but it is a pretty good cow. As well as having a kind heart and being really muscly, Winton was as honest as they come. No, Indy, it's a horse. Well, it will be. We just have to work at it. It's And for Winton to stand his ground on it and kind of be the hero he wants to be in this moment as yeah. well, it's such a flip of his character that we've known till now because, the you know, in the seconds before that happens, I'm getting such... um mums and dads vibes where Indy's getting a bit impatient with him and it's like when, you know, she just wants him to be the dad who looks after the baby in mums and dads and he's like, well, you know, I am, you know, I am a very obedient breed. breed. (laughs) So, you know, he has been the conformist but now he's standing his ground and saying, no, um, we're not going to take it. So I love that. Uh, And, yeah, it's like, is there a more hero move? It's just great. Well, and I think is this why we're seeing Winton in this reimagined sequence as all these heroic kind of characters, you know, like <laughs> yeah, true. Marty McFly yeah. and Arnie and, you know, because he is yeah. a superhero because someone that tells you that it's okay to be the thing that you feel that you are, even mm. if you're not. Yeah. Reflecting that, that's so freeing. That's like the ultimate power move, I think. Yeah. So And and then add to like and then the next line. But I've got a better idea. Come on. Oh, by the way, Winden could also transform into a car. (laughs) So yeah. Me was Transformers. Completely like yeah. Very. Um I don't know about your kids, Mary, but by this stage, like my um five-year-old was just absolutely losing it oh. like he just thought it was brilliant definitely tapping into a demographic there of <laughs> joyful joyful uh yeah vehicle obsessed boys <laughs> yeah um so they they race down to see major tom to compare notes <laughs> i know and this was the moment um that like I, I didn't pick the voice. Did you pick the voice? Like at no. what stage did you realize Lin Manuel Miranda of Hamilton he fame was in like Louis? Pop kind of. He wasn't rapping uh, about you know ancient Four American fathers. politics. So yeah, yeah. it did, just didn't didn't kind of ring out to me at all. But uh, you know, it came up in the credits, and then I was like, yes, yes, obviously. Suddenly it was all so clear. It's the neck, it's the neck. It's too short. Horses have long necks. We sure do. Hooray! Thanks, Major Tom. No worries. And Winton, old MacDonald does have a horse, but she was on holiday when they wrote the book. Oh. Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, I wonder if they got him in. And, I mean, Joe Brum, the creator of Bluey, was um, very generous in sort of explaining about how... um, he was he was pipped and replaced by someone more famous in in um, Lin Manuel Miranda, but um, I was looking back through a lovely interview with um, I think it was with the Guardian, 
and Lin-Manuel Miranda was saying um, in this interview, the show we watched the most during the pandemic was Bluey because it's the only kid show that the whole family can be hysterically laughing at. Um, and he actually said, but I wouldn't dare guest star on it. You'd need to be an Australian to be on that show. Yeah. So clearly something shifted oh, there for him. If only he'd known that we have American horses almost exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> Who happen to be musical um, geniuses, yes. I, I would love to know about this uh, happen-to-be-musical-genius character, whether Major Tom was the name from the start or whether that name was added once Lin-Manuel Miranda came on board because obviously very musical genius name, uh, yeah. Major Tom, David like nod Boys, to David Bowie. Space Odyssey. Yep. Yeah, Space Odyssey, sorry, not Space Odyssey, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, once once I sort of made that connection, I wondered, oh, you know, is there any connection, uh, you know, Bowie and Lin-Manuel? And actually um, an interview popped up where he said, you know, about the time Bowie died, you know, he went into a big Bowie binge and it was at the same time he was um, writing the music for Moana. Oh. And um, as... Is it Jermaine Clement, the mm. one of the yeah, yeah. as he came on board to be the I don't know the name, but the very kind of shiny crustacean. I think the song is named Shiny. Um have you seen Moana? I've There's, only seen it once and I couldn't tell you anything. So about it's it. kind of like it's a it's a very uh weird kind of left turn <laughs> within the movie that they have to go try and get uh Maui's hook back from yes. a treasure trove that is guarded by a giant crab that is voiced by Jermaine Clement who mm. sings a song about being shiny and it's it's a very you know I, I hadn't made the connection until I read this interview but yeah it is a very like shiny spacey Bowie type of jam and he said yeah he wrote that thinking about David Bowie and and yeah it was very much well, you, know, you know Jermaine Clement loves Bowie I mean Bowie's in space was one of the great flight oh. of the Concord songs back in the <laughs> day know. yes actually okay that's ringing yeah. bells too Bowie, this is Bowie, or whatever um, the song lyrics were, and it's like if you've ever if you Google it, it's the, the trippiest sequence where he and um, uh, Brett, I forgot, yeah, just like you yeah, know, they're all done up like Bowie, and yeah, yeah, it's there's a whole episode in the series, I think, with you know <laughs> David Bowie coming in. Um, Cool. Yeah. Okay, looking it up. Um, yeah. But, yeah, obviously building on all this uh, Bowie tribute is a ho- talking horse called Major Tom was the next <laughs> obvious step. Like, yeah, that this is making sense to me. <laughs> well, from one musical genius to another, maybe this is a good time to talk about um, what Joff Bush is bringing to the table in yes. this episode musically-wise. Let me check. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm he had a... Um, because having a, um, a star like Min- Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh-huh. um, you can only imagine how high the pressure was for poor old Joff doing this. 
um, he did, he's been sharing actually some great insights to the music that he's selected for each episode on Instagram. Oh, if you bless. follow him there. Thanks, Joff. Um, yeah, there's only one Joff Bush that's coming up at the moment. So get on board and give him a follow. Um, but he's selected a ragtime version of Old MacDonald for this piece. And yes. ragtime um, is a musical style that enjoyed its popularity um, around the turn of the um, – the century. So uh, its peak was like 1895 to 1919. And basically um, it's called ragtime because the rhythm of everything is offbeat. So rather than being like your normal beat is, it's like, Okay. Yeah. So like it's all sort of, da 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 your main composers at this time were people like um, uh, Joplin, uh, Scott Joplin and James Scott, um, thinking of songs like The Entertainer, oh, um, yeah. which is huge. So this sort of style of music led into the jazz sort of era um, as well, um, but um, it was – sort of that a huge piece at the time, um, sorry, huge movement at the time um, because pianos were becoming cheaper with the Industrial uh, Revolution. Yeah, okay. So more households could access them and um, uh, it meant that, you know, there were also sort of the the dance crazes at the time, like things like the foxtrot, um, you know, really worked well with that sort of that jauntier piano okay. music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that, except Old MacDonald is my daughter's, Olivia's favourite song in the world oh, and we sing it pretty much every single day. So I was delighted to see it in, I don't know, it's, like it's a very simple basic nursery rhyme, but it's been given a glow up by Joff in this context. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it works so beautifully because, you know, you're talking about animals, but we're also talking about belonging, you know, and talking about what belongs on the farm. So, and how, and uh, our old McDonald's in our house, because we do weekly music with my mum and dad, that's the thing. And, um, like, our, our farms are wild. <laughs> there is, like, everything from um, hydrogen-powered bullet trains to, Ooh, yeah. you know, um, Ooh, yeah, what to sound whales. Do you make? Um, usually a, like a whoosh, <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, we've got dolphins and dinosaurs and, you know, so, all sorts of things that go, get to go on the farm. And, um, yeah, I just love that old McDonald's farm is including all of the animals, great and small. Ah, uh, so good. Uh, I love that about nursery rhymes that you can take them places as well. That was, yeah, it's, wheels on the bus was always ours and everything went on the bus too. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> These songs have to carry a lot. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they really do. Although, did you read Joff was kind of a bit of all the amazing music I could have made for this episode, I ended yeah. up going with Old MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that's why it's so genius. I have liked it, yeah. <laughs> I, I think because it's so, it's like, it's so simple. And even the way that the story is structured, it's it's like an old fairy tale or something like familiar from childhood, you know. It's, yeah, totally. It's, it's not only um, musically 
you know, that sort of that memory of childhood, but it is children telling a story a, from the perspective of children. So yeah, I, I just true. think it ties in so well with that. And then it's also like something that could be simple, but then, you know, like ragtime is so specialised, it's really difficult to play because um, there's so many different um, flourishes and things that are added and then you've got the syncopation on top. So um, totally. even though there's like a freedom in the music, um, there's also a lot of structure and a lot of technical skill that has to go into being able to make it all work. So it's deceptive, I think. You know, it's a simple Ooh, yeah. song, but the the level of um, virtuosity that you need to be able to play something and riff on that is, make it is sound you know, like anything other than, yeah, yeah, totally. It's rolling well the job. whole thing in glitter. It's great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Much better. So from Major Tom, we get the first solution, right, that horses mm. have necks. Yeah. <laughs> big, big revelation for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, probably probably wouldn't have thought of that. Um, this has changed my drawing style considerably, I have to say, this episode. <laughs> Thanks, Bluey. Thanks. Yeah, so that, you know, prompts the kids to go back to the making table Um and start again, but yeah, solutions are never that simple. We've got seven minutes to fill here, right? <laughs> bye bye, cow, and hello, horse. Hey, nice giraffe. I think this is the moment where we're like, what's Indy going to do now? You know, and um, her moment of personal growth is really evident when she turns around and starts singing Old MacDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Own it. Uh, and, yeah, giraffe horse, uh, you know, it's a member of the animal kingdom. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite quack. I mean, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, it's pretty cute. Um, so, yeah, look, obviously she's in a much better space than she was at the start of the episode, but this leads her into whereas she was, you know, making clear statements at the start that, you know, never, ever again, um, we get, what is for mine is the Brené line of the episode. Um, oh, no, we turned cow horse into a giraffe horse. I'm sorry, it's my fault. I'm just not very good. Wow! Indy was back where she started. But what story was she going to tell herself this time? Which, yeah, taps so much into everything you were saying about the stories we tell ourselves at the start, Kate. Um and yeah, we don't really get story, we just get action. She's into it and making it work. Um She's also and- like so more resilient, you know. She was just like, Oh, it just made it too long, you know, like she uh, yeah, yeah, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, we've found one solution, you can find another. And it's funny how, yeah, yeah, getting on a roll of positive self talk is a thing. Quack quack here quack quack there. Okay, okay. Then what happened? So they worked at it some more. We just made the neck too long. There. Horse! You see when little people are in your life, like, tap into it. Um, because the role can go the other way. The more, the more negative self-talk you have, the worse it gets. But, yeah, you just need the Winton to put on the right track 
and you're rolling the right way. And maybe and a talking horse. I've <laughs> I've noticed this with my kids too. It's like if they fail at something but then they're able to work through it and they find the other side, they're so much more comfortable with failing again and then just mm. quickly, like they get quicker and quicker at getting to the other side again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Res- resilience is much, is like muscle memory really. Like yeah. it's knowing so, there's an alternative to the meltdown. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you want to keep this in the podcast or not, but I saw my therapist the other week and she was saying to me, because I said, oh, you know, we were talking about resilience. And she said, Kate, resilience isn't just pushing through all the time and being able to keep going even when things are hard. Resilience is also about being able to scale back and let go of the things that aren't important so you can focus on what you actually just need to do. And um, I know. Wow. And I was – like I know because I've always thought of resilience as like you know like they talk yeah. about it in a workplace context like oh we need to make people more resilient so they can keep working ridiculous yeah. hours and get all they the pick stuff up done. a few extra boulders to carry through once their resilience is in the yeah, right spot. Exactly. yeah like, you know right. and like if you're not coping at work maybe you know like and actually my, I I shouldn't say that because my work is very much focused on actual well being genuinely which is very important mm. um but you know I've seen lots of workplaces and I've worked in them before where you know the boulders just get bigger and if you're not coping with it you're not resilient yeah um but um yeah and I thought that was really interesting you know about that sort of scaling back and even in that moment rather than letting all the chatter in of the group and everything like she did last time Indy really just sort of lets it all go and focuses on the one thing that she needs to do Mm. so yeah found it very interesting yeah that's Um, a good point about yeah she, she yeah she the hits the zone and isn't hearing what's happening around her as mm. well, which is sometimes so key, like, yeah, looking inwards rather than, yeah, yeah. looking for just letting the other go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. But mm. then when the outside comes back in, oh, my gosh, <laughs> the dog is rusty. <laughs> of course it's rusty who says it's a horse. Like, yeah, yeah. just, yeah, final word on uh beeswax horses and yeah rusty he's a good dog talk to me about this reference from from winton at the end where he like rises up is this is this um <laughs> like the marvel guy benedict cumberbatch's oh, character what is it um i can dr strange, is it dr. strange? yeah i don't I know, know like and he rises that. up with the, the clouds coming you know like yeah, the thunder possibly. and lightning coming yep. up uh, Again, no. I did a Google search, like you know, and I was like, "Is it Shira? Is it He Man? Oh, oh, it is feels it very Shira, actually?" But mm. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah, no. I oh, look. We just we need some inside running here. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Thanks for your help, Winton. That's okay. I told you you were good. Let's move to something we do know about, which is hunting mm. for long dogs, because yes. there are two in this episode. Oh, uh, yeah. And one is at that like first pivotal setup moment where Winton says, um, you know, he's not very good. And mm. uh, there's a little blue long dog that looks a lot like the fridge magnet, actually. Uh, um, if you look hard somewhere under the table. Ooh. But also, um, as the kids enter the room, 
to get to the bookshelf that has old MacDonald. Uh, yeah, look for a brown long dog and mm. look hard to tell from a distance, but I reckon it might look a bit like a horse or a cow or maybe both. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, how cute is the old MacDonald book as well? I love books yes. in the bluey first. They're just also beautifully illustrated. I wonder why. <laughs> Clearly need to go back to the library. Um, but, yes, I agree with you. Like, I was like, that's a very good-looking cow for a uh, Yeah. Um, actually, on cute illustrations, um, a gorgeous team of uh, artists and animators put this one together, including the animator um, Lalia Schmendinger, who's on Instagram as Lost in Pencils. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, at the when this run of episodes uh, wrapped. She uh, posted a very cute illustration she'd done of Bingo um, holding both the old McDonald book and Unicorse and the Aww. Turtle Boy because that was the three episodes that she'd worked on. Um, and oh my gosh, what a trio. And I looked and actually the art team led by um, led by uh, Costa Kassab um, and storyboard by Jasmine Moody um, and then the animator team led by Lisa Hawke did, yep, all those three episodes. So, oh, my wow. gosh, I think, yeah, I hadn't sort of started ranking episodes, but once I saw that I'm like, and those are my three favourite episodes. They're all amazing. <laughs> Every child is my favourite right now. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, chuck, um, but yeah chuck Lost in Pencils a follow on Insta and you'll see yeah. that. Extra cute looking bingo, which who doesn't need more extra cute bingo in their lives? Yeah, mm. I'm I'm here for that. I'm going to give them a follow after this. Um, yeah, so uh, we get to sort of the end where everyone seems happy and the story has ended successfully. I mean, you were talking about your Brene Brown moment, but I think my moment was definitely like that bit where Winton is like, no, Indy, it's not a cow, it's a horse. You know, yeah. like that for me was, yeah. Was was that like you were talking about your line? Do you have a line? Um, I think so I, I said my Brene line, what was she going to tell herself this time? I think yeah. my – actual line is um like I told you you were good and I think you're good too and it's just so you know that Indy and Winton are such a odd couple but have paired up Mm. for kind of positive reinforcement in this episode just makes my heart so happy and like Winton continues to be a pickle to the end of the episode especially if you have to to be Disney because he makes a horse poop and now that they've got to decide if they're ever going to show this episode uh, because we all know how Disney feels about pooping horses oh that's nice what should we call him Major Tom hi Major Major Tom Tom. yeah Major Tom <laughs> and they both lived happily ever after. The end. That both kids have landed in a place where they're like can actually recognize their strengths and and hug it out. Like, yeah, perfect. You <laughs> line? Why don't you tell a different story? I think yeah. it might be. Yeah. Mm, yeah, from Calypso. Oh, just yeah, but it's just good life Calypso. advice. Yeah, it's totally. Great life advice. You know, like you're stuck in something. It's like, well, what story are you going to tell yourself now? 
you know, and mm. why don't you try something different and see if, I don't know, that leads to positive change. So, yeah. I've been reading a book by um, psychologist Rebecca Ray, Dr. Rebecca Ray at the moment, and she's got a great book called Setting Boundaries, which I'm getting through. But, yeah, she talks a lot about how people get stuck in scripts and stories and then yeah. the, the practical steps you can take to to get out of that. But, um, yeah, I think Calypso's gentle nudge, why don't you tell a different story, just really opens the door so beautifully to those discussions. And, um yeah, I really love this episode, I think, for that reason, because it's explaining such a a complex concept to young kids, you know, in a way that's really easy for them to understand because stories are how we make sense of the, the world, oh, even totally. at that young age. Yeah, And look, you know, they might not realise the full, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? And yeah, even though it's, you know, might not have as much impact for the kids watching as it's obviously having for you and me to have that just kind of notion of changing a story mm. in their back pocket going forward. Like I feel like I was, you know, into late 20s before I actually started taking apart the stories that I accepted about myself and told about myself and that, you know, informed most of my self-sabotage through a <laughs> decades uh, to that point. My, oh, oh, you were an early okay. adopter. Like I'm still, I'm still <laughs> working on this. Still working on it too, obviously. But, yeah, I remember it being a really, like, you know, mind-blown kind of moment. Like, oh, I do think things about myself that I've never actually questioned or addressed or taken apart and asked why. And... Um, yeah, look, not every kid watching Bluey might have that same mind blown, but it's the nudge is there just like just like a calypso and it's gorgeous. Mm, yeah, we're going to pump it up like Winton's arms. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, all Most of valuable. Winton's lines were also, uh, also my uh, second uh, line <laughs> of the episode, I reckon, especially his uh, particularly um, uh, self like biohacking, I think. <laughs> and, yeah, and for that reason, I think Winton is my MVP. Uh, oh, yeah. um, I'm going to give it to Indy because she she did change her story. She is the hero. And, yeah. and, and the, the, the change, I mean, she had Calypso and Winton in her corner, but I think mm-hmm. every hero needs the good support and um, – yeah, I was I was so proud of her by the end with how she sort of um, arrived in that place of um, not only horse acceptance but self acceptance with that work and yeah yeah yes so, loved it ah, all about it. Um, I think we're there, Kate. Do you? Mm. I feel like apart from. Uh, you know, all the things that we need to question about what we tell ourselves. Do you have any we know that now? <laughs> oh, um, because, look, every time we stop talking, I'm like, oh, I should have said that thing. Uh, yep, Do you no, have any you know that now? familiar. Been getting a few in, which is great. So let's uh, double down with mailbag oh, as yeah. well. It's a giraffe, of course. Um, because Hunter P, who's a long-time correspondent, oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, from the US uh, champion, checked in to, because I think when we recapped 
bedrooms, you noticed an mm. inconsistency of like the uh, the shelf was in, then it was out. Um, yeah. He says at 2.05 you can see the space mobile in Bingo's room. When they're dividing up the stuffed animals, it's in Bluey's room, but after Bluey gets Gloria, it's gone and then it's back at 3.38. So that is some good, good intel. Uh um, he said, look, maybe Bluey gave, uh, maybe Bingo gave it to Bluey off screen, but you guys are the experts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. That's, yeah. that's a big I, mental I think to it was, um, That was a bad yeah, day in the seems, office, clearly. Plausible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, uh, loving, uh, he's loved our season three recaps to date and can't wait for the rest of them. So here we are doing the rest of them gradually. <laughs> but yeah, lovely to hear from Hunter. Um, and I reckon there's, yeah, I have so many like half formed. We know that now in my head as well because I am following so many Bluey Facebook groups now, including Bluey Memes, uh, oh. which pops up a lot of random Bluey facts as well as a lot of Bluey fiction, <laughs> I feel. Oh. Um, yeah, um, lots of lots of theories about uh, Pat trying to break up Bandit and Chili and, what? yeah, it's, yeah, no, um. look, you know, look, uh, it's, some of it's very entertaining. Um, but... <laughs> Are they uh, shipping again? Uh, <laughs> shipping. When will the kids stop shipping? Um, but yeah, very. Uh, but yeah, very good for spotting random long dogs as well. Uh, there is a long dog. I don't know what episode, but I saw a photo of it, so, uh, still of it, so it must be real. There is a long dog that is a piece of curved like macaroni pasta in what? a cupboard. Like in the pantry, um, oh. I don't know what episode that is in. So let us know what that is because I think that's that one that... like teasing or um, oh. would it be tickle crabs? Maybe or... yeah, they or have fairies. Been, they've been in that. Uh, there's been a few episodes where they've taken refuge if in the it's pantry. Mini, mini Bluey because the be. parents yeah. were hiding in the pantry, and I feel like the long dogs, similar to the episodes, have gotten more and more creative as we've yeah, gone on. Yeah, definitely. So, so, mm. so yeah, let us know which that one is. But, um, but yeah, there's we will never be catched up, catched up, caught up <laughs> even. on. Um, we know that now. So there's just too much to know. Um, uh, <laughs> but negative self-talk. So, yeah, I need to flip this. We will one day. <laughs> we can do this. Catch this up. This is why oh. the internet exists. <laughs> totally. Um. Okay, we're going to be back next week. Yeah, uh, um, if you want more Got to Be Done in Your Life, you can find us online. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Bluey Pod and same at on Facebook. We're at Bluey Pod or look up Got to Be Done, the Bluey Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Bluey Podcast because some jerk took at Bluey Pod before we could. Um, and our email address is blueypod at gmail.com. We would love to hear all your crazy theories. Please let us know and tag us if you have insight into some of the amazing um, pop culture references, particularly oh, yeah. the wind this week. We'd love to share them all uh, on our site. Okay. Uh, best plan. Uh, always the best talking to you, Kate. I am levitating with rainbows going everywhere as we speak. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's do it all again next week. In the meantime, great. it's got to be done. Bye. Bye.